Do you find yourself climbing into bed at night, feeling guilty over your response to homeschool that day? Embarrassed by your seven-year-old causing a grown woman to crumble? Not sure why first-grade mathematics makes you cry? But you love your kids and you love being with them. How can you come to love homeschool and teaching them too? We're going to unpack this hot topic that most of us don't want to admit to. We're going to do that today. And I assure you that hope is on the other side with some solutions. Welcome to the Little by Little Homeschool Podcast, where you can get out of survival mode, feel confident in your homeschool decisions, and gain peace in your heart and home. I know that when we plant our feet firmly in this season of life and embrace our homeschooling, motherhood, and homemaking, we will thrive. I truly believe that we can do this from a place of peace and joy, all while growing a ton of contentment. And while we're at it, Mama, let's deepen those relationships with our children and love these years we get to pour into them. If you're ready to create beauty, seek simplicity, and live intentionally, homeschool mama, then close up that lesson book, let the kids go play, and let's have an authentic conversation. From the outside in, it probably looks like everyone else has a picturesque homeschool and you are the only angry homeschool mom out there. We imagine that the videos we see on YouTube and Instagram stories and reels that that is how somebody's life always is. And this isn't any type of knocking at those people who put those out. I mean, I put out reels and I put out things and it is a way of them inspiring and encouraging you. But don't assume that that the great lighting and the amazing resources and the perfect cute little outfits and everybody's smiling and happy and having a joyful time is the 24-7 reality of others. And here you are, sitting there at home, looking at that, thinking, wow, she's got it all together. Her family's great and perfect. And I am over here just angry all of the time. And I'm looking like a mess. My kids see me coming and they're like, is that mom or a fire-breathing dragon? Well, guess what? Not everybody has that picturesque view out of homeschool. They're not living this life that is only, you can only imagine, and everybody's living a life that's like movies and a dream. You are not the only mom out there that becomes frustrated and becomes angry when it comes to homeschooling. It just seems to be a part of what happens with motherhood. And then when we add on top of it, the home education, it can really ramp up. And so feeling frustrated and angry, this is all of us at some point and to varying degrees. You aren't alone in this struggle. However, it's not okay to stay in that place. I personally wish I could go back and have a do-over for way too many instances and too many times that I had to apologize to my kids as things would come up or later in the day when I would calm down, and times that I've even apologized to them from things that happened years ago when I myself will suddenly remember or recall an incident or something comes up. And even if at that time I apologize to them and here I have maybe my 18-year-old would say something, and well, he's 19 now, but when he was 18, he'd say something and I'd be like, you know, 
I'm really sorry about that and apologize again. And I can look back and I can feel guilty and ashamed and think that I wasn't a good enough mom. And we can get stuck in those places and we can get stuck in the place of being ashamed and get into that cycle where we overreact and we become frustrated, we become angry and we lash out and then we feel ashamed and embarrassed by our behavior and it just continues a cycle after and over and over and over again. And I remember feeling triggered very often when it came to homeschool, unfortunately. And I'm also not saying that I'm over here in my little picturesque, perfect little world and that I don't become frustrated and that my kids don't become frustrated with me. That's something that I have noticed as they've gotten older, especially as teens and they're working to exert their own independence and the eye rolls and the annoyance that they have with mom just being mom. And I have learned to not take that personally. If I am bothered by it, I have a conversation and unload on my husband, James, and don't mention it to anybody else because I know, especially as tweens and teens, it is a season. That doesn't mean that we let them get away with it, but we also give a little bit of grace and understanding. I've been through, and you know, this this isn't my first time. This is not my first rodeo here with tweens and teens. So my youngest is is a teen and almost 16. And with a 19, I mean, I know he's 19, but he acts like he's 25. So I'm a 19 and 21-year-old. So I've been through this season. So I kind of, I understand I have a little bit more grace and patience. But homeschooling is just something that would trigger me often. And I feel like you can probably resonate with that. But I have some solutions for you, some things that I wish my older self now could have told my younger self because I have information and like backed up with all of this stuff and being able to see it in my own life and the fruit of that. So I am excited actually for you to benefit from the fruit that I have seen and that I have been able to experience, unfortunately, again, coming back to wishing that I could make some changes. But on the other side of that, I really feel like God calling me to share here on the podcast and just much more with moms so that you know that you're not alone. And I can share my experience because I think that it's it's just so, I, I don't know, to me, it's refreshing when someone just speaks openly and candidly and you're like, oh, okay, I can relate to her. I'm not alone. So Today, I'm going to share some of solutions to get you to the other side, to tell you that there is hope on the other side when, I was going to say if, but I should say if and when, homeschooling makes you frustrated and angry. Just like with any type of problem, it's really good to know why is something happening. If you are, say, for example, experiencing some type of health issue, Maybe it's something just like you are chronically getting headaches or you have a pain in a certain area. If you can get to the root cause of that, you're able then to work at the root cause and the headaches can go away. The pain can go away in your knee. Same thing when it comes to homeschooling and it comes to the fact that you are feeling frustrated and angry and not enjoying your homeschool and you really want to, but you love your kids and you enjoy being with them, but it's just this part that's triggering you in your relationship with them. If we know the reasons why, then we can dig at that. We can get to the root cause and we can work at that. And then you'll be able to get to the other side and be, we'll say, quote unquote, pain-free, not have those headaches and not have that frustration or anger continually boiling up to the surface. Let's unpack those couple of reasons. I actually have three of them, but there is number one 
reason that I'm really going to focus in on here, but then there is a number two and a number three. So why do you become frustrated and angry when it comes to teaching your kids and with your homeschool, with your home education? The number one reason is because the school system is still stuck in your head. You most likely have gone through the school system, whether that is public or private. It's still, even though public is different than private, the educational goals and the philosophy of the system is still the same. You look at the public school, you look at the private school, they're still going to have bells that are going to tell you when to move from class to class. They're still going to have the same types of regulations. So the number one reason for becoming frustrated and angry with your children during homeschool is because you have the school system still stuck in you. Your kids are not cooperating. And here it is, you at home with them. And it's quote unquote, okay for you to get mad. Now imagine when you become angry and frustrated and lash out, possibly yell at them. Imagine if a school teacher became frustrated and yelled at your kids in the public or private school system the same way that you are. There would be repercussions for that teacher. But when you are at home, you know that nobody really knows if your tongue lashes out at your children. And therefore, it can, it can continue on and on and on. Now, the school system being stuck in you. Let's go back to that. We are used to the fact that going to school, and we knew as when we were students, that you were supposed to sit at your desk and be cooperative, not to speak when you're not spoken to. You are not to fidget around. You are not to move in any type of way. You aren't to talk to anybody else. You are not supposed to, quote unquote, socialize with any of your friends. And so we have ingrained in us that we had to sit there and be obedient and quiet. Now you have your child sitting there with you across from the kitchen table, your guests sitting across from each other, and they are not acting that way. They are fidgeting around. They are rolling their eyes. They are rolling off of their chair. They are doing all kinds of things. And you become frustrated because they're not following the rules. And even if you have tried to set those rules, it just doesn't quite work in a homeschool environment because you are mom and they are very comfortable with you. Now, this episode today isn't going to dive into if you are having issues with your child being disobedient or being dis disrespectful and disruptive. That'll be for a different episode. I have something planned for down the road here in a few weeks, so stay tuned for that. This is just your child being your child and you overreacting to them and becoming angry with them just for simply being a child. So the number one reason, again, why does this happen is because the school system is stuck in your head. Second reason is you are also, as the mom, highly invested. You really want your kids to turn out okay. And this piggybacks a bit on that number one reason of the school system. And you say, well, for them to be okay, we need to keep up with these certain levels. We need to have certain levels of cooperation. We need to accomplish all of these worksheets and hint, hint listen to episode 219, all about worksheets, the one right before this one. But you say to yourself, I want my kids to be okay. And I want them to turn out okay and then know what they need to know. Therefore, they need to be cooperative to these standards that the same standards that the school system has. And we need to employ them in our home. And it's not going well. Third reason why this is happening, you becoming frustrated and angry, is the pressure that could be a on you that you have placed on yourself or maybe others have placed it upon you. 
Maybe your husband has placed more pressure. Maybe it is your parents. Maybe it's your in-laws. Maybe it's siblings. Maybe it's neighbors. Maybe it's friends. But there is a pressure upon you and your kid isn't going to be able to reach these certain levels that you think that they need to reach. And therefore, you are going to get angry and lash out at them and become just overall frustrated and not enjoy the process of homeschooling. Now let's turn our attention, though, to how can we change the narrative within your home? Before I dive into those five tips that I have for you that I know are just going to make a huge difference within your home, I want to let you know that the number one way right now that you can support the podcast is by giving it a rating and review. Just scroll to the bottom of your app, especially if you're on an Apple app, that kind of tends to be one of the higher ones. And if you don't have an Apple app, maybe you can borrow your husband or something like that. That would be great. But go ahead and give it a rating and review. I am looking right now to have some amazing guests. I know we've had some really great interviews and guests on this podcast. And one of the ways that guests use to decide whether they will accept my offer to have them on, my request, we'll say, to have them on the podcast is they take a look at the ratings and reviews. How many stars does Little by Little Homeschool have? And what are the people saying who listen to it? So if you can take a moment and go ahead and leave a rating and a review, that would be really helpful. Now, maybe you've left a review before. Did you know that you can go in and you can change that review? You can update it and it'll bump it to the top of the list. I would really appreciate it. And it would also help me be able to serve you well and be able to bring on some amazing guests. I have a really good list of, of different homeschool moms, just people. I, you're going to love it. Okay. Trust me here. All right. Let's get back to how can we change the narrative in your home and get rid of that frustration and that anger you feel with homeschooling? The first thing is to take a step back. Maybe you need to put homeschool on hold and you need to take some time for you to ha get your heart right. That would involve prayer. It would involve reading your Bible. That would involve asking for prayer. Ask your husband to pray for you. Ask your mom to pray for you. Ask your friends to pray for you. Ask maybe go into a Facebook group anonymously and ask them to pray for you. Tell them what you are. You, you can do it. You don't have to be anonymous, but tell them where your frustrations are and, and where you could use some prayer. But take a step back. Maybe the homeschool just needs to literally be put on hold. Maybe it's a week. Maybe it's uh, two weeks. Maybe it's uh, more than that. Maybe it's a month that it's put on hold because if you are not in the right place, you're actually going to jeopardize the way your kids see education. And I don't mean to say that in a way that you're like, oh, no, this is going to be awful. I'm going to ruin them for life. You're not going to ruin them for life, but it's just going to be harder on the other side of that to get them to the point where understanding like this was, this is mom's hang up. And the younger they are, the harder they're going to be able to see that. And you might meet more resistance with homeschool if you continue on with being frustrated and angry and yelling at your kids. You're going to, on Monday mornings, they are not going to want to meet you at the dining room table or in the living room to get together and do your reading and to do your work together. So I highly suggest taking a step back and getting your heart to the right place. Number one ways that I've been able to do that is through prayer and Bible reading. Also get your sleep and get enough nourishing food into you because hangry is an actual thing. Your blood sugar drops, you're not eating enough, then it's so much easier for you to lash out and it's your hangriness that is speaking more than your heart for your children. 
get your sleep. I know that in some seasons of life, it can be a lot more difficult to get your sleep, but do what you can to protect those areas. So along with putting homeschool on hold, work on getting your heart right, a lot of time in prayer and Bible reading, and getting your sleep, getting enough nourishing food into your body. The second way to change the narrative in your home about your homeschool is going to build upon that number one reason that I mentioned earlier. And the second thing you need to do is to de-school yourself. Home education is not the school system. You get to decide what it looks like for your family. Maybe that's freaking you out a little bit, thinking that the weight of the home education is upon you. And I invite you to go over to clarifyourhomeschool.com for more information on how you can get to the place where the fact that it falls upon your shoulders gets you excited and it doesn't freak you out any longer. But de-schooling yourself is what you need to do. That is the process where you actually open your eyes and you take time, you do research on the school system, you actually look at it from an objective point of view. Don't let cognitive dissonance get in the way. Don't let any preconceived notions get in the way. Don't let any emotions just look at it critically and start to break it down and start to realize really what the school system is about and what it is doing and what it even did to you and your life and you, your husband's life and how you are the people you are today because of it. And then decide, I want to do something different for my kids. So de-schooling yourself and then you get to look at, once you break that down, then take a look at what can education actually be? And this is the part where you'll start to get excited, maybe a little freaked out. That's okay. Remember, clarify your homeschool. But you get to relearn what education is and what it can be for your children. And the fact that education can look different for every single child. Education can look different for every single person. We are all so very unique. And that is the really fun part about homeschooling is being able to tailor a home education curriculum and a schedule and routine and all of the things for each individual child. So you get to, after you de-school yourself, you get to relearn what education really is. The third way to change the narrative in your home is to ask yourself, what does my child really need to know? Those subjects that they really need to know are probably way more interesting. Let me give you a little bit of an example. Maybe you are not a musical family. Then I want to ask you, why are you allowing the learning of musical notes or one of those recorders or whatever it is that you have tied into when it comes to music? Why are you allowing that to cause strife and contention and anger in your relationship with your child? It's okay not to be a musical family. Lean into the family that you are. Lean into the each individual child that you have and where their strengths and their gifts and their talents and, and their weaknesses are. That doesn't mean we always push aside the weaknesses and don't look into that. I'm not saying not to ever do music if you are not a musical family. Get a little bit more creative in how you do music. Not everybody needs to know how to read all of the different notes. Not everybody needs to know how to play a musical instrument. But can your child participate? in a church service? Can your child participate in singing somewhere else? Can they feel comfortable to do that? Well, maybe that is the goal as opposed to being able to perfectly play Mozart on the piano or something when your child has, you know, a couple of left thumbs and can't quite get that figured out. That's okay for them not to figure that out. 
their mind is geared in a different way. But overall, take a step back and ask yourself, what do they really need to know? Those are probably going to be way more interesting subjects for you to teach them than the boring things that maybe you're sitting there trying to teach them in a boring type of way. And of course, you're going to get frustrated because they're bored and you're kind of bored and their boredom leads to maybe not great behavior. So while you have taken that time to take a step back and to really reflect and to take time in prayer and Bible reading and sleeping well, eating enough nourishing food, and you're de-schooling yourself and you're relearning what education is, part of that can be this third step here and saying, what do my kids really need to know? And how can we find some great resources to come alongside us that are going to be way more interesting? And let's work now instead of just to check off some lists, really preparing them for life. The fourth way to change the narrative is to set yourself up for success with systems so that you aren't overwhelmed by things like housework, cooking, or driving to activities, and the long list of to-dos that you have. When you set yourself up for success and you have some systems in place, you have your home set up and organized in a way that it is easy for everybody to get what they need and get out the door to soccer practice or to get out the door to in the morning for church. When you have systems in place, it is easy to do that. You don't have to then blow your top at everybody and because everybody's shoes are in the place they need to be in their jackets or their backpacks. Maybe you're trying to get to co-op. And so when you have systems in place, it is much easier for you to be calmer overall about life and about homeschool. And if you are struggling with how do I get a system with the housework, that is when you can go check out The Tidy Home. And that is my course that helps you walk through setting up a chore system and getting all of the housework done specifically for your family. The link is in the show notes. You can go to littlebylittlehomeschool.com backslash tidy home. So when you set yourself up for success with systems, there is less chance of you blowing your top. The fifth and final way to change the narrative is for you as a homeschool mom to not forget you. Go do some things for you. Part of that doing for you is going back to getting some sleep and eating nourishing foods. But maybe you haven't gotten together with any friends in a while. Why don't you send a text right now to that one friend that you have been missing and want to get together with her? Find out when you guys can do this without kids. So that's just the two of you. You can sit over a cup of coffee and chat away. Or maybe you're able to get a little bit of time home alone. Maybe that's what's going to recharge you and you have a friend you can swap some babysitting with or you have family that lives close by that you can drop the kids off for a couple of hours and get some time at home. This could include date nights. This can include a lot of different things. Maybe it's adding some margin to your evenings and having a little bit of time getting the kids to bed earlier so you have a little bit of quiet time in the evening. But don't forget about you. When a homeschool mom is stretched so thin, it is so much easier for that very thin line to drop off the cliff and the intensity of the emotions, we'll say, can skyrocket from there. And that is definitely not what we want to happen. Friend, if you are struggling with this, with feeling frustrated and having anger with your children when it comes to teaching them their lessons, I just pray that you will take seriously take a step back and take a look at these different ways to change your narrative and to make these changes. I pray that this episode is a semi-gentle reminder of what is really important, and that is the relationship that you have with your children. 
Before we end today's episode, just one last reminder that if you have not left a rating and review, I would so greatly appreciate it. And I also so greatly appreciate your patience with my voice this week. You've probably noticed it is a little bit off. I do have my voice back, so that is a good thing. And I'm hoping that can kind of kick this out. (laughs) And so that my voice will be back to normal and you don't have to listen to this nasally kind of froggy voice, but I appreciate your patience with it. Have a really good day, friends. If this podcast has encouraged you, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. I love to hear how this show has impacted you. So if you could hop over and do that, I'd be so grateful. While you're at it, take a screenshot of this episode and share it with your friends to encourage them. You can also find me over on Instagram at Little by Little Homeschool. Until next time, have a beautiful day, Mama.